0: everybody, I'm Kelly Hellers.
1: I'm Jeffrey Lennon.
0: And this is Volume Up by The Tees. Hey Salon Pro, you need a dryer that is built differently. One that puts the power to shine in your hands. Olivia Garden Super HB Hairdryer was engineered by experts, tested by hairdressers and perfected for pros. It's lighter, more powerful, built to last with advanced memory functions and features ergonomic design elements for the hairdresser so that styling your client's hair couldn't be any easier. What are you waiting for? Head over to OliviaGarden.com to pick up this cutting edge hairdryer by the leading creator of high quality salon professional tools. The Super HP is your power to shine.
1: As pros, beauty boxes with sample sizes just don't cut it. How can you possibly know a product is right for your client after trying a sample? You need full size products to test, try, feel, and play with. Enter Hello Salon Pro. A full-sized pros-only beauty box by The Tees. It's a bi-monthly subscription box for salon professionals with five full-size products for just $24.99 plus shipping. We send you everything from the most popular and trending brands to new innovations large and small. Anything we think you might want to curate for your back bar or retail to your clients. Head to thetees.shop to subscribe for our next box shipping every Friday starting June 15th.
0: So Jeff, have you done the official spring cleaning yet? Are we past that? Is it summer I mean, we, cleaning?
1: I was going to say, it's, it seems like we've careened <laughs> into summer. I didn't really spring clean, though. Um, mm. I feel like the spring just like... Just
0: popped out of nowhere,
1: Yeah, didn't it? Yeah.
0: Isn't it still January like 4th?
1: That's more <laughs> or less how I'm feeling. Um, did you
0: get to spring cleaning? You know, I I do. I like to spring clean and throw away things. I'm a thrower, which isn't probably a good trait. Um, but I like, I like to do it. (laughs) So I did, but my closet, not my cabinet, not my beauty cabinet. And where I'm going with this is women's health was like, Hey, it's time to spring clean your beauty cabinet and warm up your routine with some award winners. And so I feel like I tend to spring clean by adding things, but not
1: deleting things. This is Mm -hmm. very true to my own life. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, the amount of stuff where it's like, I mean, we're, I feel like this is going to be exactly what our listeners also do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's got to be more common than it's not common. Totally. You know, you use like a little bit of something and then it's like, I don't know. And then I try the next thing.
0: Maybe next time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it never really goes away. And then it's five years later and you're like, this can't possibly be stable any longer. No. And if it is. It's not. You know, I don't want that on my face or insert here. You don't want that. So.
0: We don't want that. So throw out your old stuff. Clean your brushes. This is your PSA in your moment to remember to do so.
1: Yeah. And it's mostly for us, too. So I will be taking this advice to heart. <laughs> um, related to this is something that we saw come across that people pluck gray hairs. Um, would you? I mean, first of all, I have way too many gray hairs, so I would be
0: oh
1: bald Oh, if I plucked but would would you have you have you heard of this
0: I know people who do but I would never first of all I need that hair on my head right (laughs) I can't afford
1: can't lose a single one
0: to let it go yeah in a violent manner no okay (laughs) you know with our hair becoming increasingly thin as we age those strands need to stay okay so What I'm reading is that as a result of people who are plucking their gray hair, they're accelerating the speed in which their hair thins. So the truth is, if you make plucking a habit when less than 1% of your head is gray, you will have less hair to work with, of course, in fewer years' time when 10% of your hairs are gray. So like we're taking them out, but they're not necessarily growing back. That's my concerning thought. You have others, I'm sure
1: no no i mean i'm i'm there i also can't afford as it turns out to lose hair because i am maybe <gasps> although i always had a high forehead I, anyway i'm not sort of hung <laughs> up on it but i am just like in general i don't think plucking hairs out of one's head it's
0: not good practice
1: no and again I, unless you only have like the one like the that rare magical beast that just has like a an occasional, then maybe I. But no, Eesh, don't.
0: No, don't do that. You know what? Go to a salon pro. Cover that gray up if you're so inclined to do so. Exactly. If it does bother you, we have a lot of fixes in our industry
1: for that. Yeah, we sure do. That don't involve tweezers. Tweezers, tweezers, <laughs> Jesus.
0: Tweezers. That's amazing.
1: Tweezers that don't involve. Tw-
0: <laughs> don't get your twizzer or your tweezers <laughs> in a bundle. We can't. <laughs> All right. On our last episode, I talked with Ann Mazza, the co-owner and vice president of sales and marketing Bay Area-based Olivia Garden, which is a global leader in the hair care industry for over 55 years. Olivia Garden designs and produces professional quality hairbrushes, shears, appliances, apparel, and accessories for pros and consumers alike. Talking with Anne, she created and organized Olivia Garden's first educational team and is the catalyst for all things coming out of Olivia Garden's marketing and advertising campaigns. It was a good one. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at ReadTheTease and send in questions to volume up at com.
1: Go ahead and do that. And this week, we're talking with healthy hair specialist and stylist coach Gabrielle Allen. Gabrielle is the owner of Shade Studio Salon in New Orleans, Louisiana, and founder of Shade Studio Academy. She began styling her hair seven years ago and is passionate about natural hair care. Gabrielle is also a beauty influencer with 400,000 plus followers. You may already be following at Strawberry Curls. We love this combo. Yes. She's been featured in Essence Magazine and teaches on stages around the country. Gabrielle provides in-person and virtual classes for hairstylists and beauty professionals as well. You do not want to miss this one.
0: Okay, we've got our cabinets cleaned, right? We've got the new stuff in, the old stuff out. And speaking of old stuff, oh! move over ombre. The sombre hair is here, right? This is the trend of the summer. And a sombre is, as we know, it is a dyeing technique rather than a specific color. Mm -hmm. It combines soft and ombre. It can be done on brunettes, blondes, or red hair. What are you feeling about this trend for summer?
1: So, I mean, everything that's new is, was old, is new again. Is that, I mean, I, I'm, a millennial as established, I grew up <laughs> in the early aughts and I loved the ombre. Same. Like that was formative. I was so good. Um, the like Rachel Bilson OC era, like oh dark to uh, like Woo. yeah, like perfection. Yeah, chef's kiss. So I'm loving that it's back. Sombre <laughs> is dope. I'm co-signing this trend. <laughs> I want to see more of it. Like, let's let's have some fun. Let's do it. Like, why not? I like that you went all the way back to the. I did. I've got references here, gang.
0: Dang, that's real specific. So, don't you remember too? Like, the ombre was like, oh, "What is this new thing?" Yeah, we're doing what? And now,
1: <laughs> it was shocking. People like, "Oh, it's grown out. It's uh, all of this stuff." I mean, it made so many. And here we are. Yeah,
0: it's back. It's soft. It's subtle. It's perfection for summer. Let's do it. Let's. (laughs) Talking about subtle. Have you heard of the other trend we're just going to go ahead and bring up called expensive honey. The other new hair color of the summer. And I think we got to give credit over to our. We wish we they were our friends over at Succession for making this happen.
1: I don't know if I want those friends.
0: That's true. (laughs) Um,
1: But Willa's hair. Is great. I mean, this honey blonde, it's a warmer mm-hmm. blonde. I mean, this is not like a cool, ashy situation. But similar to the trend that we're seeing with soft ombre, mm-hmm. like sombre, subtle, sort of relaxed, sophisticated. It is. I'm into it. Yeah.
0: I love it. It's low-key. It's a low-key mood. That honey hue layers the bounce. We love it all.
1: Yeah. Who needs high maintenance? The summer's got a lot going on already. Yeah. I mean... As we record this podcast, New York City and the Eastern. Something is, you know, things are popping. Things are happening. They're popping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Climate is climating. Um, And yeah, let's make it easier on ourselves, gang. Um, I'm all about this one too. Like stamp of approval. The T's into it.
0: We need a stamp sound. Stamp.
1: <laughs> just, just saying. Wait. Just wait for the audio engineers. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a moment. I'm frightened from all of our <laughs> listeners. Yep. All right, well, let's talk about things that are trending on our site. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, textured hair is the real star of Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Mm -hmm. Since its premiere in 2020, Bridgerton has charmed millions of viewers and captured their hearts with its ultra stylized yet modern spin on the Regency era aesthetic. With the most recent addition to the Bridgerton universe, Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story, premiering just last month on Netflix, comes an even more extravagant embroidered gown, updo situation, everything reaching new heights. One particular scene plays a key role in the origin story of the uncompromising Queen Charlotte, played by Golda Rocheville, that we've all come to know and love whose large stature and extravagantly adorned, textured wigs are a friendly reminder that just like her hair, Queen Charlotte is the main character. Head to thetees.com to learn more about just how textured hair takes the spotlight in this mini-slash-prequel series. Kelly, have you binged this Bridgerton?
0: Binged, done, dusted, did it all.
1: Done and dusted.
0: Yep. I mean, I loved it. <laughs> I think I might have liked this more
1: <laughs> than... that's That's what I'm hearing. I mean... It was juicy. The first season of Bridgerton was just like off the the ray. I mean, just I think we can all acknowledge that like that was a moment. I can't believe that made it to to air. Yeah, but I'm hearing because I haven't seen it. Full disclosure, that this this it's good. It's good. So we love that.
0: And I want to say shout out to the lead hairstylist Nick Collins. So creating the wig collection around the characters, the story progression. And around their own natural textured hair. I mean, the series had roughly 1,500 wigs. I mean, shout out, Nick. Love it.
1: Wild. Incredible stuff. Um, Go to thetees.com. Check out that piece. uh, And let us know what you think uh, about the show and about the hair. Because it's incredible. Next up, Henkel just launched Schwarzkopf Storefront on Amazon. Here's what we're shopping. Shopping for your favorite Schwarzkopf product is about to get a whole lot easier. We're happy to report that Henkel, the company behind hair care favorites like Pravana, Alterna Haircare, and Kenra Professional, has teamed up with Amazon to launch a brand new storefront that's filled with an array of products from the professional hair brands, beloved care and color lines. Beginning this past week, salon pros can put their prime shopping to good use and shop nearly 25 different products available from Schwarzkopf's best selling ranges, including Blonde Me, Goodbye Yellow and Goodbye Orange. And once you see the retailer's curation of hair care picks, We've got a feeling that this new storefront will quickly become a go-to shopping destination for you if you're a Schwarzkopf fan. Learn more about this launch at thetees.com. Kelly, yes. let's talk about what is the last thing that you bought on Amazon?
0: Mm. So it was a singular twin-fitted sheet. Mm. Now, why would one buy said sheets? Camp is a coming up. Oh, Oldest leaves for camp, sleeping on those little squishy things. Gonna need a sheet, don't have a single sheet. Yep. Amazon for the
1: win. To the rescue.
0: But I do, I do like to access very quickly and swipe to purchase on Amazon on Pro Beauty
1: Products. Oh, hell yeah. Shout out to the team over at Henkel for making this happen. This is a Schwarzkopf specifically. Love to see it. I yeah, guilty as ever of just
2: mm-hmm.
1: adding that on the card. <laughs> it makes it makes it too easy. Uh, speaking of easy. Three groundbreaking hair brands making waves in the wig and hair extension space. Another article the TS.com that we are really excited about right now. Over the last few years, hair extensions and wigs have emerged as one of the biggest categories in hair, representing a multi-billion dollar industry in itself. In fact, according to a newly released Research and Markets report, the global wigs and extension market is expected to grow at an annual rate of 16% over the next five years. Now, this will be in thanks, in part, to a new wave of brands disrupting the space with groundbreaking solutions for the modern consumer. For those who don't know, there's been a huge consumer desire for high quality hair products for textured hair and safer alternatives to traditional synthetic hair extensions. Thankfully, we've already begun to see how innovative brands have emerged with new products that cater specifically to these needs. Head to thetees.com to read about these incredible wig and extension brands that you'll want to know about before they're absolutely everywhere. I'm just going to give everybody a spoiler. One of the brands that's featured, Nori, has plant sourced extensions what have you ever plant so you heard it here plant-based hair extensions wow that is mind-blowing okay very cool you know i
0: missed this one on the teas, but i'm gonna head there because i need to know about that that is a disruptor in the category head on over
1: as always so much going on the teas.com. thank you to hard-working editors we're proud to publish the stories the salon pros and consumers care about Next
0: up, healthy hair specialist and stylist coach, Gabrielle Allen, the owner of Shades Studio Salon in New Orleans and founder of Shade Studio Academy.
1: Healthy hair specialist and stylist coach, Gabrielle Allen is the owner of Shades Studio Salon in New Orleans, Louisiana, and founder of Shade Studio Academy. She began styling hair seven years ago and is passionate about natural hair care. Gabrielle also is a beauty influencer with 400,000 plus followers. She's been featured in Essence Magazine and teaches on stages around the country. Gabrielle provides in-person and virtual classes for hairstylists and beauty professionals. Gabrielle, welcome to the podcast. How's it going?
3: It's going great. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh my God. Thank you for joining us. Um, Let's start from the beginning. How did you arrive at beauty? Like When you were starting off as a little kid, did you always think that this was going to be in the stars for you? Um, We love asking this question, all of our guests
3: yeah no and I, I I get this question on any interview that I do oh nope, uh, nope. I know literally um, okay my original I wanted to be a hacker when I was a kid um yeah okay yeah <laughs> I to, all right, literally I'm talking like um anonymous you know anonymous mm-hmm. yeah, anonymous type hacker that's the type of that's what I wanted to be
1: no. Okay. Um, Well, this is obviously a different career path, although you are quite savvy in terms of social and digital media. So I might be a little bit worried how far I go down this. (laughs) How do we we get to then?
3: So um, I was in school for uh, computer information technology. Um, I'd always been interested in tech. Um, Around the time when he really started to like push, like really, really push student loans was around the time that I was transitioning from a community college to a four year. And they were like, yeah, no, um, we don't want, you know, you can't get any more grants. We're gonna give you loans, right? So I was like, yeah, no, I'm good on that. Um, Yep. Right. (laughs) So I had been blogging on my hair blog for, at that time, what was that uh, 2010, 2011 that I was making a transition? So by that time, I had been blogging for like three to four years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so my grandfather um, suggested, uh, well, let me rewind. I had kind of when I got in that spot, I had kind of been praying and like looking for direction. Right. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather uh, suggested that I go to hair school. And I was like, oh, no, like he was like, it'll give you credibility uh, for your blog. And at the time, I wasn't like thinking for what that blog like it was it was literally a hobby. Um, It was a hobby. Then people started giving me stuff. You know, that's kind of like how that happened. Right. So um, I fought him on it for like a good year. Um, But I I eventually I folded um, and I definitely think it was a blessing from the Lord uh, to give me that direction. Because when I got in hair school, I immediately excelled. Like I excelled past all of my classmates and everything. And I was like, oh, it's actually not that bad. Um, so then one day uh, at school, they had a colorist come in, the color king, as a matter of fact, and he was like, we had like one class, mm-hmm. what color? And I was I was in love. I was like, oh, my God, this is what I want to do. So I really didn't know I had the gift for it because it was not on my radar. You know, funny story. When I was in high school, so after Hurricane Katrina, I moved to Massachusetts uh, with my dad for a year. Mm. So I graduated my senior year out there. And at the school that I went to, it was a public school, but they had uh, like shops. They had tech, they had cosmetology, they had nursing. So whatever you were in, you graduated with like certificates. Or if you was in cosmetology, you graduated with your cosmetology license, right? So a friend of mine was in a cosmetology shop and I was in tech. And I had, like done straw curls on my hair. I don't know if you know what those are, but it's literally curls with drinking straws, which was very common in New Orleans when I was a teenager. Right. So it was nothing to me. Mm. Uh, all, my friends, we all did it on each other, like literal drinking straws. So I did that on my hair. And my friend was like, oh, my God, can you do that on mine? And I was like, you know, I'm nothing. I just, OK, cool. Her teacher, her cosmetology teacher came up to the tech shop and was like, what are you doing in this class? you need to be by me. And I was like, no, I don't. (laughs) And I was like, it's kind of disrespectful for you to come in another teacher's shop class.
1: I mean, you're not wrong, (laughs) but she, they knew, they knew something that you later discovered for yourself. So they weren't really that wrong in the long run.
3: No, she wasn't wrong. As a matter of fact, she would probably be floored. If she saw me now.
1: (laughs) And maybe she'll listen to this podcast. Uh, That's amazing. Um, I feel like it sounds like these things sort of occurred to you along the way. As you said, you feel like there was some divine direction, um, which brought you to where you're at, um, which is a pretty cool place to be in terms of you've amassed quite a following. There's people that are hanging on every word, which we're going to get into, um, because I'm fascinated about your content rollout, like you talk, there's nothing that seems to be off limits, which is so much fun um, as a sort of social media user, because I'm like, oh, what's what's she going to say now? Um, let's <laughs> check it out. Um, but we're going to get into it. I mean, this doesn't happen overnight. Right. So y- you now are in cosmetology school. You said you were excelling above and beyond your classmates. Not a surprise knowing you now. Um, what was that process like in between Sort of being in school to early years in the salon? Did you go immediately to like, uh, how did you find the place out of school?
3: So I actually, um, out of school, I had a friend who knew a hairstylist that had a salon, right? She actually gave me, a, like, I went straight into booth rent. She gave me a chance, right? She like only charged me like $75 a week for booth rent for me to get off the ground. She was like, since you just got out of school and you were referred by a mutual friend, you know, we're going to do this like this, which was great for me. Right. Um, I stayed with her for about three months and I actually tried to um, transition. I mean, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I tried to um, transition to a a few mainstream companies and they did not hire me. Mm. Like, and at the time my knowledge with color was not there. Right. Like not there. So then after that, I was like, okay, you know, Trying to figure it out, because to be honest with you, I was like a full time blogger for like two years. Right. So being an entrepreneur was not um, foreign to me. Um, There was a time in my life, as a matter of fact, through cosmetology school where I had to depend solely on my blog income Mm -hmm. to make ends meet. So um, I found another salon um, that actually had higher booth rent, but the atmosphere was amazing. So I was like, I really want to be here. So I just need to go ahead and figure out. So um, I started going on Facebook Live like every day when I was in the salon. I did model calls. I even did um, like this thing where it was, I can't exactly remember the promo, but it was basically like um, you get your hair done for free. Like you either pay for the treatment or you pay for the hairstyle, but you don't pay for both. Mm -hmm. Right. So that helped me like I have clients to this day that's still with me uh from when I did that right because I realized something um people kind of wanted to try me out um but they didn't necessarily want to spend the money and I was my prices weren't even a fraction of what they are now right um so I was like let's give them the opportunity because looking at my client retention rate it was pretty high Mm -hmm. you know so I was like okay let's see what happens if I offer this and they come and you know if they get a really good service they could book again at full price. And that actually did start happening. Um, so in conclusion, it was a pretty rough transition, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was pretty rough because I didn't have the guidance that I needed. Um, and I tell people straight out of school, I'm like, look, if you're going to like, go straight to commission. If you're going to, you know, Come straight out of school. Go somewhere where you can learn under somebody, mm. assist somebody. You know, even if you don't go to a commission, so go assist somebody. Like make your life a little easier. Because I didn't, I didn't have an easy path, um, and I know a lot of hairstylists that haven't had an easy path. But I also know ones who've had a much easier path than I have.
1: Well, and it's generous of you to try to make it a little bit easier for the co- the kids that are coming up um now so it's big of you um sorry to hear that you had that experience we've talked a lot about that with <laughs> people on this very podcast um in terms of you know the tribulations um but you know this is all about like helping people to to advance and do better than than we did yeah um gabrielle how do we get from booth rental to salon ownership we talked at the very top of this podcast about like hair not being in the stars for you you're gonna be hacker (laughs) how did we know like when did we make the transition from like i'm doing this booth rental thing this is working out to like i'm gonna do it on my own i'd love to talk about that because i think that that is not a jump that everybody makes
3: yeah so i realized something about myself i am very much like an independent loner um, I love, I love teaching. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do. I love teaching folks and everything, but when it comes to like me, right? Like I always say, like, I'm kind of uh what is it? Not, I'm not, I can't be managed. Hmm. Right. Um, even when I try to operate in the parameters of management, right? <laughs> Something always goes awry, no matter how hard I try. Um, so after I left that salon, um, I went to oh, that's what happened. I I went to instructor school, so I had to cut my hours down in the salon so I could no longer afford the booth rent that they had. And on top of that, they really didn't want to work with me on it. Mm. Um, So I moved to another salon that was a little cheaper, um, went through instructor school. Then I left that salon and went to some suites literally right next door. I was actually planning on staying at the suites for a very, like, for a while until I figured out my game plan, right? But then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the owner of those suites, he initially said one thing and then he backtracked. Again, I tried to operate within the parameters of management, but then something happens. So, you know, he basically came up with this arbitrary number that we all owed him, even though we didn't owe him. And so like the the choice was, am I going to give this man the money that I don't owe him? Or am I going to go to this building that's asking for far less than he's asking for and just build my own stuff? So long story short, I called my dad. I was like, dad, I need your help. We rented a U-Haul truck. I backed my, uh, the U-Haul <laughs> into the suite, loaded everything up. Left the keys on the door, canceled my card that they were auto drafting because I'm like, y'all are scamming people, bro. Like, I don't feel loyalty here at all. Like, Mm -hmm. because, you know, in the pandemic, like we were I mean, I can't speak for every every state, but we were told by three places that we couldn't be in the salon, the state, the city and the State Board of Cosmetology. So it's like for you to try to get over on us right now, like that. I can't deal with it, right? Mm. So then as I was building my, uh, my salon, I was renting a chair at a friend's. So I had money going out all over the place. Who, child. Who had money going out all over the
2: place.
3: <laughs> and it got to the point where it was like, oh, um, yeah, we got to wrap, we got to hurry this up. Mm-hmm. So had I known what I know now, I, I would have never used my own money to build a salon. But I'm an avid saver. I save like crazy so I had the money in my savings to go ahead and purchase everything that I needed. Um, again, I would have done it differently now, now that I know better.
1: But here we are. Um. <laughs> No, no, no. I feel like this is so honest. So thank you for saying this. Oh, thank you. Because a lot of people like gloss over this and like, Really? Oh, it's been a dream. Like it's been a, a..." or they do what you're doing, um, which I think is far more relatable. What do you wish then that you knew? Like knowing now, going into this, like what would you have told Gabrielle a few years back? Like, hey girl. Use other people's money. Okay. Get a business loan and use
3: other people's money. Do not use your own money. Hmm like that that would have been the conversation i would have like you i would have been like you you are eligible for one you just don't know it you know because you weren't shown these things uh don't use your own money point blank period
1: Mm. well another thing you talked about was really how you didn't have mentorship you didn't say it initially but i mean this is what we're getting at when you were coming up out of school you were doing stuff on your own you knew someone it sort of worked out but then you like through trial and error made it work for yourself mm-hmm. um how do you feel about how people can go about finding mentors um is social media a good like quasi mentorship program like what are your what are your thoughts there
3: um so i do think social media is a good um platform for that so like also i do want to mention when i was a blogger i actually ended up getting relationships with hairstylists unintentionally. Um so they didn't mind and it wasn't on the business side, it was more so on the technical side. Like they didn't mind if I DM'd them and uh they critiqued me on my work. Hmm. Right. But as far as the business part, I never talked to them about it because it never crossed my mind. My brain wasn't there yet. Right. Um our guidance in the industry. It was just like as long in in my mind, as long as my skills were good, if they can help me with my skills, I'll be good, right? Ooh, we, how do we learn? That's not true. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do believe social media is a great place for that because even um, like me learning color, right? I used to work for Joico as support. I found that opportunity um, because, one, I went to a class at uh, my local beauty supply store, talked to one of the JoyCo educators. And then after I talked to her, I literally um, started stalking a few other ones Cause she was so nice, and I was like, okay, I, I think Joyco is something I need to get into. Mm-hmm. So I started stalking them and like DMing them and like, hey, I have a question. I see you're a Joyco educator, and they were all so open and willing to help me, and they were in my city, right? So um I applied, they hired me, and then now I have a network of hairstylists that I could talk to. So we were at trainings and everything. I used to pick everybody's brain. Well, how do you do this and how do you do that? How- so I, I would say when you don't have mentorship, you really or don't know what to find. You got you have to be proactive. Mm. Like you can't just passively think that someone's going to take you by the hand and say, you know what? This is how it's done. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> you have to actively be searching for people to help you out. And that's what I did.
1: Slide into those DMs. Uh, we love to see it. Um, in your case, it's been a success story. And now people are sliding into yours, which is what we're going to get into in just a minute. Um, Gabrielle, talk to us about. I mean, you've mentioned this a few times, blogging. Coming to blogging as Strawberry Curls. How did you discover that this was of interest to you? What is your relationship to hair and specifically natural hair? I want to like get into this because I feel like this is such a unique offering that you bring to the table. Talk to us about like what was this process of sort of discovery? Um, and then how did you find yourself online?
3: So I actually had a blog before this. It was an entertainment blog, <laughs> but what I
1: never not online. Basically, you really were going to be a hacker. I feel like it's probably so much stars for that. You can make it happen.
3: <laughs> yeah, like um, I had a blog before this. It was an entertainment blog, but like when I really started thinking, okay, how do I grow this entertainment blog and make money off of it? It was entirely too much work. Like I was reading people's stories. They had moved to like Atlanta and LA. They wanted, to, they would like be on the red carpet. I was like, I'm not doing it. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that invested, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good to know that about yourself.
3: Yeah, like I'm not that invested. I'm not invested enough to uproot my life to go. No, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um. So I started, one day I really just got bored with my hair. Like I tell people, I, I don't have like this uh, phenomenal story about how it went natural. I literally was just, I just got bored. and. I was like, I feel like I look like everybody else and I kind of don't want to do that anymore. I mean, at the time that I uh, decided to start wearing my natural hair, they didn't have a lot of resources out there. There was a site called LHCF, um, Long Hair Care Forum, right? And it was $5 for the year. So I'm going to tell you how broke I was. I was contemplating paying that for at the time that's how broke that's real life that five dollars was gonna make or break this full, full, full deal at Wendy's so mm-hmm. I was like you know what I'm just going to do it or whatever so I joined a farm and I literally was addicted I was on there all day every day trying to figure out how to grow my hair right so um one day I was on Twitter just talking about it and like I noticed people started like responding to me and I was like okay Uh, So I started posting more pictures of my hair. Then I started doing natural hair chats on Sundays on Twitter. Um, And when I would pull the stats, I would have like a ton of people joining in and everything. So then I started a Tumblr blog. And I was like, so it was really, it was started as a passion project because I felt like, well, more people should know this because I was, I was seeing results. I had results. My hair was growing and everything. I was like, more people should know this. If I was lost, who else is lost? You know, um, little did I know, I was very ignorant to the the following that I had amassed. I was very ignorant to it. Um, one hairstylist was on Twitter talking about how she was being discriminated against in the salon for actually caring, right? Not uh, diluting products and actually assessing the client's hair and stuff. So I asked her to come on the blog and tell her story, right? And she did. And she will tell you that I built her fo- built her clientele, and I had no idea. Like, I got literally ignorant to all of it, right? So from there, I started YouTubing, transitioning to blog, people started giving me products, then people started offering me money, then people started, <laughs> you know, then other things started happening. I was like, okay, there's something here. Um, so that's basically how that happened. Um, And then it just, it became, it just became a a big deal. And I was just like, I, you know, I always tell people, y'all probably wouldn't know how I look if my hair wasn't on my head. To be honest with you. Because when I got behind the chair, I actually stopped posting me Mm. and I was posting my work. So for a while, people had forgotten what, if you weren't following me before, you didn't know, right? If you were like a new follower, you didn't know. But then I started posting myself again, some more and like, People started to get the the woman behind the hands.
1: Mm. So, yeah. Well, speaking of the woman behind the hands, um, we talked about this at the very top of the podcast. It seems like nothing is off topic. Um, So how do you ideate around? I mean, like you've built up this following after years and years and years of, you know, giving it your all, being as open as you can with your audience. Um, Now, how do you go about thinking through content strategy like what do you decide to talk is it like you're expecting people to sort of offer up what they want to hear and then you give them that like I I would love to talk about this process because you've got a really engaging presence
3: thank you thank you um I would love to tell you that it's like some long thought out process but it's not it's me paying attention it's me paying attention in the comments It's me paying attention to my students. Um, It's me paying attention to things that aren't talked about that are just kind of glossed over, right? Um, I think I can attribute a lot of my popularity to be willing to go against the grain and talk about things that other people shy away from. I think one thing that always bothered me about this industry, like when I really started getting deep into it, I was like, why is everybody afraid to talk about money? Like, (laughs) I'm like, I don't understand, like, Look, don't get me wrong. I love what I do. But at the end of the day, this is our jobs like mm-hmm. we're here to make money. So I'm kind of confused as to why that is like a taboo topic or whatnot. So I gravitate towards those things because I, I believe those are the conversations people really want to have. They just don't know what to find them and they don't know who to ask um, and they don't know really how to participate or start that type of conversation. So um, when I was coming up uh, throughout my career, um, I can't remember her name right now, but there was a Caucasian stylist who used to post her prices all the time. And that's how I started following. And she was like one of the first ones doing this. I really can't remember her name right now. Um, But I used to read her comments religiously. I used to read her captions religiously because I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. you know, how did she get you know she would break it all down in the And i was like oh that makes sense you know which also caused me to go research other things i'm an avid reader like i'm an, I'm,
1: I'm actually a nerd <laughs> like, you don't get into hacking by not being a little bit nerdy i mean like let's, <laughs> yeah, let's no, yeah
3: right right um but i'm an avid reader i'm an avid studier um so i was like okay everything she's saying makes sense so why don't i hear more people saying this Specifically, why don't I hear anybody that looks like me talking about it? Right. So she really helped me to get over that and like look and see how it helped me, honestly. It helped me. Oh, and then specifically, I was at a show with Joyco being support, and there was like this $7,000 shampoo bowl um, that I saw a bunch of other stylists purchasing. Right. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was like, we do. We have the same profession. Yeah. How are we doing this? <laughs> right. Right. Like y'all just whipping out cars over here. Like I got questions as to how y'all are doing. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh Meg Nomi Hair. Mm-hmm. She uh. So me and Meg used to be uh, roommates when I worked for Joico. Like she's like one of my uh BFF hairstylists, right? So. Me and her used to have long conversations. I'm like, Meg, what are you charging for X, Y, Z? Like, what are you, you know, I really started picking her brain and she would just tell me. And I was like, okay, there is some, there is a gap here. <laughs> there is something missing here. Right. Um, And then I had that moment of like, oh, I could never charge that and stuff like that. But Meg actually lives in some no name place in Mississippi. Huh? Meg, if you're listening to this girl, I don't remember where you live.
1: No respect, no disrespect. Like, yeah, she's, she's in the middle of nowhere. I just know it's in Mississippi. <laughs>
3: Right, um, but she was like, she was like, girl, if I can make this in Mississippi, like in this small town, you know, so that's kind of how we got there with the controversial topics and all that stuff. Nobody was willing to talk about it uh, that looked like me, so I decided I was like, I'll be the person.
1: Wow. Um, and you continue to be this person for a lot of people, um, sort of like ripping off the band aid, talking about the stuff that people are maybe shying away from. Um, have you experienced any like blowback or is it mostly positive from people?
3: Oh, it's, I, I experienced so much blowback. It's not even funny, but I've built that muscle up for my blogging these mm. because even then I used to talk about controversial stuff. Um, at the time that I was blogging, I was in a relationship, a long-term relationship And my ex did not like my natural hair. Like he did not like it. Right. Um, So I got him to do an interview with me and um, my audience lost it. Like they, I mean, people were like, what are you going to do about this? You know, are you going to stay with him? Yeah. I'm going to leave him because some random person on the internet told me to. Right. (laughs)
0: Like if he
3: doesn't accept your hair, then he doesn't accept all of you. It was ridiculous. So I, I had kind of built that blowback muscle up because uh, I had been doing this for so long. So like the the blowback, I expected it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because we don't talk about this stuff. And the I mean, I have a mix. I have a mix of consumers and I have a mix of hairstylists. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them, they don't understand it. So, you know, when people don't understand something, they really don't know how to respond to it. besides negativity. You know, um. So yeah, that the blowback is something that I had anticipated.
1: So recently, Law Roach, um, came out. Uh, I don't know if the if you're familiar with him, the the stylist, the celebrity stylist, um, mm-hmm. talked with the Cut, uh, around sort of people's perception of him as being difficult, um, and a lot of this in his thinking was attributed to him being a successful Black man within a space that is not necessarily built for supporting him. Do you feel like You've gotten heat because of yourself, because you're a Black woman that's being outspoken about some of the stuff that maybe is discouraged from being talked about within the general salon professional industry or within specific communities, or no? Yeah, no, absolutely. That has everything to do with
3: it. Um, I've even tested the theory out on purpose. Um, I've posted some of my white hairstylist buddies' work, and the response was not the same.
1: The... i had a feeling but i wanted you to yep uh, I mean
3: what do you i mean <laughs> like,
1: i find that to be infuriating um what's your take on this I mean again this has to do with our culture and lots of problems outside of just this this industry but when you look at this industry like what's what are your thoughts on like have things progressed like what do we need to do
3: uh, so i think it's i think it's a cultural thing meaning like African-American culture, right? Like hair traditionally in our culture has just been kind of like a side thing, right? It's, it hasn't, when you're a hairstylist, I'm like, oh, she's just a, she's just a hairstylist. Like it's never considered a real career, right? So um, I've had this conversation with some of my white um, like hairstylist buddies and they'll tell me and I'm like, no, our clients like pretty much just do blow up, blow dry their hair at home. But for us, you know, your cousin might do your hair or your sister might do your hair or your mother-in-law, right? So when you start talking about, you know, the type of prices that I post, it's kind of like, why? Why? When this person over here, I can go get it done for way cheaper. Why would I pay her? But not realizing like styling and health, health is two different things. Like a lot of people can style hair, but that doesn't mean that they're doing it in a healthy way. Right. Like anybody can go in Sally's and pick up some lightener and 40 volume and burn all your hair off your head. <laughs> or if you have stronger hair, you might withstand it. You know? Yeah, you might, you might. You might. <laughs> you might. You never know. Um, but when we're talking about like chemistry and really getting into the health of the hair, that's why sometimes I get a little technical on my page as like a, I know y'all don't understand what I'm saying, and I'm doing this on purpose, so y'all understand we we are not the same, you know. Um, Type situation, but it also has a lot to do with the culture. And I also think in the beauty space, uh, like on the professional side, right? I don't think mainstream wise, a lot of African American people have like tried to push into the mainstream space. It's, I mean, traditionally, it's been a little segregated. Like, you know, you guys are over here, we're over here, right? Um, Even going to shows and stuff like that. I would always wonder, I'm like, why am I like one of two here? Um, But I think it's a comfort thing. I think it's a comfort thing and a cultural thing. And just not being open-minded to learn from everybody, right? So like I learned my skills from a vast array of people. Like my first uh, color teacher, no, I'm sorry, my second color teacher was, was an Asian girl. You know, so I've always been open to learning from everybody and the best hairstylists that I know, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, it doesn't matter, learn from everybody, right? So when you kind of box yourself in and say, well, I only want to learn from this person because they look like me, you know, you miss out on an opportunity for so much that it's not even
1: fun. Mm, well, well, well said. Um I think I want to kind of talk about this a little bit more, which is we talked about the segregation, which absolutely exists, no denying it. Um, Within the salon professional space, there's been even further segmentation and segregation of niches, um, natural hair care being one of them. Um, It's trendier than it has been before. There's some co-opting, some brands are being acquired. What's your take? I mean, you carved out this space for yourself. um, First as a blogger, then as a pro, now as a salon owner and an educator. What are your thoughts on how the natural hair care space has been absorbed, fights back against mainstream? What's that tension like? Does it exist? Like, what are your thoughts about the space?
3: There's a rough space, man. (laughs) Uh, As as one of the... um, pioneers of this natural hair movement situation. Like, I can honestly say this was an accident. Like, this was not supposed to happen like this. So I always tell, like, my students and stuff, like, yeah, you can complain about the um, effects that the natural hair community has had on hair care, but you guys weren't showing up. Like, as hairstylists, you weren't showing up um, to actually educate right so you can't complain if somebody else takes like this piece of much information and like runs with it and you weren't there to combat it you know um this space has learned from YouTubers who know how to do their own hair not everybody else's right so you're talking about at this point what is this 2023 you're talking about like 12 years of indoctrination on horrible hair care practices right? um
1: you said it you said it but it's
3: true yeah being told that this works this like no it doesn't actually work like she just happens to have stronger hair than you um she can withstand a little bit more than you can
1: Where like you can't
3: yeah right literally um so there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen so like even some of my posts where i'm simply saying like get a hooded dryer versus air drying right Coming up in a natural hair care space, air drying was like the thing and heat was like the devil. Right. But we didn't have the mechanics behind it. We didn't have the chemistry behind. OK, why should you use heat? Why should you air dry? I mean, why should you use a hooded dryer versus air drying? You know, so it like those type of things.
1: Mm. Well, I mean. I feel like this is a good segue into what you're up to now, which is the Shade Studio Academy. Um, So how did you decide that? I mean, I I feel like I've kind of got an inclination as to how you landed here, but I want to hear about it from you. How did we decide we were doing education?
3: So I actually like I love educating, to be honest with you. When I have my in-person classes, I love to see like my students light up and like, oh, I get it. Right. Um, And it's really I think it goes back to that. I like to give people what I didn't have. Like, I like to give them an advantage that I didn't have. Um, and I, I, it just, I don't know. It, I actually like educate more than I like being behind a chair, to be honest with
1: you. That's also real. That's real.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like way more than being behind the chair. But I do, I like connecting with the community and helping them move forward and push forward. Because I feel like as a whole... If you know, I do my part for the industry. It'll push everything forward, right? Mm. Um, And then on top of that, like I have a lot of connections. Like one of my uh, superpowers is I'm resourceful. I'm resourceful, and I'm a networker, right? So I have access to things that some people may not have access to, right? So I like to impart that on people and help them out. Because again, I didn't have a lot of help coming up, so I do like to share that
1: with other folks. I love that. How do people get involved with Shade Studio Academy?
3: So right now, enrollment isn't open, um, but we have a lot of online classes. um, And at the end of those classes, I usually open enrollment. We're just in a transition right now with platforms. So it's like, yeah. But if you follow me on Instagram or um, YouTube, because I'm YouTubing again. So that feels so weird.
1: YouTube's back in a big way.
3: Yeah, it really is.
1: We're back. Yeah. <laughs> Shorts all of this stuff, like got to keep up.
3: Yeah. Um but I do give out a lot of free content on my pages. So, I like I said I have online and in-person classes. My next in-person class is in June in Houston. Okay. Um a hybrid class is part virtual, it's color class. It's part of it is going to be online, other part is going to be in person. Um so, it's kind of just be on the lookout for it. Um if you see a free class or something like that jump on um I have a class called how I made 10k a month as a hairstylist has been like my really popular one a lot of people and I haven't done it in a while and I probably I've been thinking about that actually I was like I probably should do that one one again um so I just have I have classes I just did a class Monday um virtually so you just kind of got to be on the lookout
1: all right, if they're not following you already, and they really should be, um, how, where do they go? Because we're going to include everything in the show notes. So plug everything here and we'll make it really easy for everybody.
3: Okay. So it's Strawberry Curls with an I, not a Y on all platforms. Google me, literally. <laughs> Google me, everything will come up uh, from Instagram to my page uh, to my YouTube channel, you know, Follow me on any of those things and it will come up. Um, But again, it's Strawberry Curls with an I, not a Y. Um, And if you follow me on Instagram, make sure you like five posts. That'll tell Instagram's algorithm. You want to see more of my stuff.
1: Yes. I love all of your tips. You give out maybe too many of them for free. We can get into that later. Um, (laughs) But they are great. I'm like, yep, yep. You're doing the digital marketing is strong. Um, And if people are following, they'll learn a lot of stuff um, for free before they do the classes, which they should also do. All right, let's get into our quick takes before we let you go. These are the questions that we ask all of our guests. So the first question that we ask is, what is the first ever product that you remember owning that you spent your own money on or that you, like, begged family for? What was that thing?
3: Oh, geez. I think it was a flat iron. It was... um. I can't remember the name of it. It starts with an M, but it was like, it had steam coming out of it. And it had, um, they had like these fine toothed combs in it. Like, this is the first purchase that I was really proud of, right? Because I had been looking at it for a while. Mm-hmm. But like, you would literally, uh, flat iron your hair and the combs would pull it straight and the steams would like, the steam would like flatten it out. So that... That was cool. I I love that flat iron. Mm. I know better now, but I love that flat iron.
1: (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, doesn't seem like it's on brand for where we're at currently, Uh, but makes sense. Not anymore. Makes sense. You know, it's a journey. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I actually am not superstitious at all. And you're in New Orleans. Not to stereotype, but there's a lot of stuff.
3: I mean, it's it's actually expected to be stereotyped.
2: That's I
1: expected. But you're not, so it is. Yeah. On to the next question. Um, all right. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? Ugh. We're getting into that entertainment blogging background.
3: I know, right?
1: Who's making the casting?
3: Um, oh, gosh. Uh, man, that's a, that's a loaded one right now, because there's so many great up-and-coming actresses. There sure are that it's like hard to like pin. And I think because my personality is so multifaceted, like it, it is so hard to pin that down. But if I had to pick somebody to play me, um, I, don't, I, I can't remember her name. Uh, she played in the Woman King as like one of the main characters. She was like the younger, she was Viola Davis's daughter.
1: Again, not to lead you because you are in a foodie capital, but what is your ultimate comfort food?
3: Uh, Baked macaroni and cheese, fried chicken and peas.
1: Delicious. I'm very hungry right now, so that really really did a number. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. This is our last question and we will let you go. Say that you're on a deserted island and you can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing? The caveat being, and I say this to everybody, and we should probably put it at the beginning. You don't have to worry about water, food, shelter, like all of those things. You're covered. We're mostly just trying to understand, like, what are your go-to beauty things? Because we're all beauty product junkies on this podcast. And we want to know, like, what are we adding to cart?
3: And water doesn't count. Water's there already, right?
1: Water's there. You are good. You've got plenty of drinkable clean water.
3: Okay. I would bring a spray bottle, my detangling brush and a foam. Boom. That would keep me as far as hair is concerned. Now, as far as like, we like got into makeup and stuff. I don't. I wouldn't survive. Like I just,
2: <laughs> I wouldn't survive. <laughs> like
3: that's just, woo, that wouldn't survive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as far as hair, spray bottle, detangling brush, foam.
1: Perfect. Amazing. Gabrielle, thank you so much for being on the podcast before we let you go plug yourself one more time. Where can people find you again? It's in the show notes, but we're just doing this to make it easier. Where can I go?
3: Strawberry curls with an eye, not a wide. Um, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Don't follow me on Twitter. I do. I Twitter is a little bit more of Gabby than strawberry curls.
1: <laughs> sure. Sure. We feel that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, tick Um, and Facebook, I actually have a huge following on Facebook, um, and I'm actually really active on there.
1: Cool, amazing. Well, thank you again. Enjoy all of your success, and we'll have you back on the podcast when you're doing more classes again, when you're back between platforms.
3: <laughs> thank you, I appreciate you, Jeff, for having me.
0: All right, Jeff. So I love that. I mean, the passion about natural hair care is there; it's alive and well. Congrats on an incredible career to gabrielle
1: i mean and she's just getting started love Ooh. love her if you're not following i mean get get to instagram and the talk and, and make sure <laughs> that you're doing that because she's a riot i am like constantly refreshing to see what she's up to and it's always something funny
0: that's got to be a compliment constantly refreshing
1: i i mean <laughs> take it take it, gabby
0: go run be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volumeupatthetease.com.
1: Volume Up is a Tease media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.